You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of Veterans Affairs Plus does not reflect the views or opinions of Public Radio KUNV, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. Start out with a couple of quick announcements. Birthdays this month. In fact, I forgot to mention KJ last month, uh, one of my grandsons. But uh, son, Vernon Ray, we call him Ray Ray. His birthday is this month. And grandson, David II, he will be celebrating as well. So happy birthday to my son and my grandson. I am pleased and honored to have um, two colleagues in the studio today. They are no strangers to our community, Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. We are just so pleased to have Fire Chief Gene Campbell and Fire Chief Bertrell Washington. Gentlemen, how y'all doing? Great, David. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Gene, I know you've been here before, but for the sake of our listening audience, Please tell them what branch and how many years you serve in the military. Yes, so I was an E-4 Buck Sergeant, for those who remember back when we used to call them Buck Sergeants. And I was in the United States Air Force, served five years uh, as a security uh, policeman. Mm, Cool, cool. Each of you guys are certainly fire service veterans. So, Bert, we'll go back to you now with uh, give us a little rundown on your career, if you will. Sure. Well, I'll tell you what, what's interesting is I'm coming up, well, I'm basically at 28 and a half years mm. in the fire service, and <laughs> I didn't know if I would do 20. <laughs> but uh, I was fortunate enough to be hired right here for the city of Las Vegas. I uh, served as a you know, firefighter upon hire and, um, and transitioned into uh, training. I worked in training for quite a while, and... Uh, it's also served as a captain uh, mm-hmm. in training and in the field at the fire stations. I was a hazardous materials technician and uh, a firefighter para, uh, paramedic also. I also went on to become a battalion chief um, and then an assistant chief appointed by this gentleman named Dave Washington. <laughs> uh, all of those ranks, uh, as a matter of fact. And um, and then I transitioned after 16 years with the city of Las Vegas uh, to be appointed by Virginia Valentine as the fire chief for Clark County. Yes, and it was interesting. Virginia came up to me once and said, hey, Dave, did you hear about the conspiracy? No, Virginia, I didn't. Well, you know, me, you, and Weekly, who was a councilman at the time when I became fire chief, you guys conspired. So now you guys, now you're conspiring. Now that he's a county commissioner, you're conspiring to get Bert in <laughs> as fire chief. Virginia and I happened to have breakfast after I had already talked to her and said, hey, 
I'm calling. I called her secretary, and she said, oh, uh, can I get a voicemail for Virginia? She said, I don't have voicemail. She don't have voicemail. I'm the voicemail. I said, sure. All right, I'm Dave Washington, former fire chief with the city of Las Vegas, and I'm just calling to endorse Bertrell Washington for fire chief for Clark County, Nevada. Thank you. That was it. That was a conspiracy. <laughs> Gene, give us some background on you, sir. Well, well uh, Dave, I started uh, uh, as a person told me that uh, they were hiring at uh, the fire department. I was a young airman out at Dallas Air Force Base. I heard about on KCP. I was riding along, uh, and uh, long story short, somebody told me that Dave Washington, this guy named Dave Washington, you need to go see him because he was doing little classes. And from pulling holes uh, in front of your house, Dave, mm-hmm. uh, 30 that'd be 35 years ago, uh, came on as a firefighter and went through four different organizations and uh, retired in 2001 as fire chief of Missouri City, Texas. So uh, I, too, have run my uh, chain of success and blessings through David Washington. So many thanks to you, brother. Uh, many thanks to the folks of Las Vegas. I had a lot of fun and uh, reminisce about a lot of the things we did from community peace together to Camp Brotherhood, Camp Sisterhood, mm-hmm. a lot of different things all three of us did together. And so Absolutely. many thanks to you. You know, and I, I remember when Gene came up as a cook for Camp Brotherhood. Gene, I said, Gene, they don't need all that meat. No, Gene said, no, they're going to get three different types of eggs. <laughs> Gene, <laughs> Gene laid it out, man, spoiled them, man, but it was good for those youngsters to have someone and us, period, to, to care. And I know both of you guys, if, if I re- remember correctly, served as treasurer. Yes. Well, yeah, I was treasurer for a minute, but I was looking for Bert because Bert has always been, Bert is always a good treasurer. And so, you know, Dave, uh, sometimes you you call us, put us in different roles, but it's just lovely. I asked Bert the other day, he was he was a member of uh, the Boulay. I said, are you the treasurer? And he says, no, Gene, I'm the president. I said, wait, Bert, you're not doing that president, that, that, that uh, budgetary thing this time. So uh, give us an indication, each of you, starting with you, Bert on your formal background in terms of education? Sure. Um, formal background, well, after graduating uh, from Westchester High uh, High School in Los Angeles, um, my parents moved here to Vegas, and I went away to Howard University. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did four years there. I graduated with a degree in political science and a minor in English. And interesting point, while I was there, uh, around that time, I had an opportunity uh, to meet, at that time, Las Vegas City Councilman Frank Hawkins. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was an individual, one of the administrators at Howard, and he said, oh, you're from Vegas, so you must know Frank Hawkins. (laughs) I said, everyone thought I was like, I was born and raised in uh, Vegas because that was my new residency. Mm -hmm. And... um, but I said, well, no, I don't know him, and <laughs> I'd love to meet him. Uh, and so I did, and, and so he's, I still consider him a, a friend today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I uh, graduated from Howard University, and, uh, and then I uh, transitioned back to Vegas. Um, and so soon after that, I actually started taking classes here at, U, at uh, UNLV, mm-hmm. Toward my master's in public administration. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, 
one of my uh, first classes was with Shannon West. Hmm. And that's how we got to know each other uh, through that so, class. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Late Shannon West. Mm-hmm. Uh, very loved. So, um, and then I stopped. And so fast forward a few years uh, when I became the assistant chief of training mm-hmm. and you brought in UNLV and their consortium to do their capstone research. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were going to look at our training plan. I ended up speaking with the dean during that time. And and he said, well, if you want your master's, you better sign up quick <laughs> because the credits that I took would expire Ooh. after a certain number of years. So I enrolled in the master's pro- pro- program right after that discussion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I completed my master's of public administration here at UNLV in this school, actually, uh, Green uh, Greenspun. Right. And, uh, and that was August of 2010 when I completed my master's. Prior to that or during that time, I was also working on my associates mm-hmm. and I completed my uh, associates of uh, applied science uh, in fire management uh, <laughs> at College of Southern Nevada, where I was also teaching uh, at College of Southern Nevada. So I completed mm-hmm. that in 2009. Great. And I'm sitting here chuckling now. I'll tell you guys why after Gene give his formal. OK, uh, Chief. Well. Uh, I was uh, out there at Nelson. I was just looking to get out of the Air Force, and I was thinking today I wish I would have kept my uniform. But when I when I walked out that base on uh, February the fourth, uh, nineteen eighty eight, I threw my uniform in the dumpster. Uh, <laughs> wow. I was I was you know just uh, ready to go out. But you know sometimes when you're young you do that. Right. Uh, but as a young police officer. I used my training that I had as being a police officer in the military, and I was a North Las Corrections and police officer. Mm. So I uh, started my college at Community College of Southern Nevada. I had no formal uh, education other than what I got in the Community College of the Air Force. Mm. For those who are listening, uh, know about that. I uh, finished my associate's degree in, in, uh, in law enforcement. Then uh, about 10 months, I left the, fire, left the police department. My sergeant uh, said I was a trainer, and he leaned over and said, good job, kid. Started with the fire department, and after I finished my degree in fire uh, in uh, law enforcement, finished my degree in fire uh, management, went on to UNLV to uh, finish my bachelor's uh, in workforce education, uh, and then finished up at UNLV with my master's in educational leadership. Now, I, I sit here and chuckle, and I know, again, we're not on TV, so you couldn't see me laugh how proud I am of these two gentlemen. And, you know, one of the, the, the big rumors, and, you know, people, sometimes when people lie, people start to believe it. They said, I gave these two gentlemen, listen, did you listen to their formal education? And not only, not only do they have formal education, but when I asked them to move in different areas of, of responsibility within the, the department, they did it. Some guys particularly in the fire service, be they black or be they white, they like to stay in operations with the 24-hour shift. But these guys move to, to staff-level positions, which is a 40-hour work week. That means you go home, you go to work every day, Monday through Friday. But they learn different means and spots and departments, divisions within the agency, and that just made them stronger candidates. And I said on none of the boards that they, uh, when they were pursuing uh various positions within the department. I didn't sit on them. 
But did I have the final selection? Yes, I did as as the department director. But as you can, as you heard, Las Vegas, these guys brought it. So that's why they were promoted and moved up through the ranks uh, in spite of some of the people being uh, begrudging because they thought I was doing something. All I did was gave these gentlemen an opportunity and they took it and ran with it. Uh, now, both of you guys are board members with the Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute. Um, Bert, you're the ranking person in terms of the director because the directors are the ones who I report to and the engineer is an officer along with me. We're the ones who do the actual work. So explain a little bit about the Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute, if you will, and your role, and then it'll come to Eugene. Sure. Well, I'll uh, tell you, you know, it's just amazing to think that it's been over 30 years. I believe it's 32 years Mm -hmm. exactly uh, that the Executive Development Institute has been in operation. Uh, So that's just amazing. Words can't even put into, you know, I I can't even explain it with with, uh, words. But Mm -hmm. uh, so what it is, is a week long pro pro program where we bring in firefighters from all across the country and abroad, uh, even from places. We've had people from Africa, uh, specifically lately Ghana, uh, the Caribbean, London. Mm -hmm. uh, So from all throughout the world, really. Uh, to come and participate in training uh, that also is amazing. I mean, it begins as early as seven o'clock in the morning with breakfast. And the reason why I mention that is because the staff, the professionals, the leaders, mm-hmm. people that are doing the teaching will also come and eat at seven o'clock. And that's some of the best time for the learning to take place. Right. And then formal classes start at eight and it's a four hour session. Maybe it's one classroom, four hours, maybe it's two uh, and then lunch uh, same as breakfast in a, in a similar sense. And uh, the lunch is in the cafeteria of the historically black college or university. And at this time, we're at Dillard, where we've been. Uh, but it we've also had a, a, a time at Clark and Clark, Clark, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And it started at uh, Florida A&M. Right. So um, and then we go into an afternoon session, another four hour block. And then we come back for dinner to the cafeteria. And then we go into an evening session, which is approximately uh, 7 to 8.45 or 9 Mm o'clock, where we bring in. So we have five different uh, groups. We call them modules. And the first year group, second, third, fourth, and fifth year group uh, that take classes separately. uh, But then for the evening session, they all come back together. So uh, a week-long program that's packed with a lot of education, information, learning, networking, uh, brother and sisterhood, mm-hmm. and, and and capped off with a whole lot of love. Great. Gene, what would you like to add to that? I would just say uh, for those especially that are listening who are veterans uh, in any branch, the camaraderie that you're looking for sometimes when you go in the military is at the high point at EDI. You know, uh, uh, board member, treasurer, and, and fire chief Birchwell Washington just told you about that morning breakfast and it's the evening sessions when you're sitting out or you're having dinner or it's that barbecue that we have on the opening weekend that really starts to set the tone for the type of family that we want to set. Of course, you have the formal education where you're going to get the classes and where you're going to touch on things from command and control to advanced leadership to meta leadership to our evening speakers where they come from all over the world, some of them 
can be from the government. Some of them can be city managers. But um, it really speaks to the family that's created over the 32 years. There's people that I've met 32 years. David and I were in the second class that are still friends today, and we visit them throughout, and we just had one Dave met last night. So that's what I would say a little bit about the experience. My role as second vice president uh, is to really help Dave do what he needs to do. And from time to time, I'll get that call. Hey, Gene, I need mm-hmm. this. Or I'll see something. Bert will do the same, too. Right. Because um, we we want EDL to excel. We want the best for EDI to sell. And so if we see something where we can shore up and make it better, uh, we're going to do that. And I just like a special shout-out. She's not on the call today, but to Carla Holmes, uh, our namesake's daughter. She did a phenomenal job this year coming in as chairwoman of the board, uh, really coming in with a lot of technology, a lot of things to get out on Twitter, get out on Facebook. We're working on uh, uh, whatever else social media there is to let people know about it. Mm-hmm. And so for those people who are listening and say, hey, I'm not a firefighter, I'm a veteran, I want you to make sure you check us out. Look at EDI on Facebook, go to Twitter, look for us to come out on TikTok uh, with those short videos of some of the experiences and look for some of the people who might be some of our classmates or instructors from around the country, whether it be Hartford, whether it be L.A. County, where one of our instructors and and longtime students just retired as fire chief or whether it be anywhere else in the country. When you look at some African-Americans, Indian Americans or women, a lot of them have been through EDI, have touched EDI in some way, or been influenced by EDI. So for those veterans, just look at your local uh, media outlets or some of those social media contacts I just gave you, even on LinkedIn, uh, where you can find myself, David, and Bertrell. Great. Now, both of you guys have been longtime instructors. And, Bert, I, don't, I know Gene and I both have missed one year each. I don't know how many years you've been with, with us because the three of us, we, we team teach at EDI. In fact, last year was my my last uh, in the classroom. No, it's not. Oh, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> he said I that gotta, last year and he showed up this year. I got to move along, man. <laughs> so, Bert, do you remember by chance how long you've been with us as an instructor? Yeah, I've been uh, an instructor for, uh, wow. Yeah, it's 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 been a good twenty six years. Wow, it's been a good twenty six years. You know, a... on the on the veterans, what Gene was speaking about, uh, I think it's interesting to note also that uh, one of our mm-hmm. evening speakers was Lieutenant Russell uh, Honore, mm-hmm. uh, Lieutenant General Commander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lieutenant General Russell Honore, mm-hmm. uh, who led the Hurricane Ka- Ka- <laughs> Katrina. Uh, uh, yeah, he know, came in and response. took charge. Yes, yeah. he came in. Came, yeah, and, was, and that's the important part. He <laughs> right. he didn't lead it from the beginning, but right. he came in and, and made it right. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's so those evening speakers are something. And then him having that special New Orleans twang mm-hmm. add a little bit of soul to his command and control. Mm-hmm. So what inspires you guys to continue as instructors? Because, again, 26 years, I had no idea, Bert, how time flies. Yeah. And you came in. What what you must have been a captain, I'm he assuming. Was a captain, when yeah. you came in as an instructor. Yeah. I'm almost sure, Bert. It was a picture. We got pictures that can prove it. Right. I don't know if you, when you were before that, but I do know yeah. it was training, right? Was it your first class? Yes. 
But I and I can't recall if if I was about to make captain or had already made captain. You had made captain. Okay. And then when you was about to make BC, you wouldn't wear that uniform. Was that one picture that that he's got <laughs> his just his silver? Yeah. Versa, I'm not gonna jinx myself. I said, "Bro, you gonna get it?" He said, "No, no, no. I'm, I'm gonna wait for the call," which was smart actually when you when you consider it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no the, the inspiration. I, I think. Um, it's, comes a couple different ways mm-hmm. one uh mostly from the uh students and the achievements that we've seen them make over the years yes um, i'm sure we can't even measure i wish we could uh the calls and that we get when the when the promotions and yes. the appointments mm-hmm. happen um and so when when the students just call and let us know or when the students pull our coat uh bef- before during or after the class to tell us either what they're looking forward to hearing or what they've heard about our class or what they're getting out of our class. Uh, so probably again, the biggest inspiration is from the student, mm-hmm. but the other part that I would mention is probably uh, the therapy. I think for us too, you know, mm-hmm. I think there's times where we go out and we get in front of the class. We know what we're there to do. And, um, and, and it's, it's therapeutic, I think for us, uh, mm-hmm. To be in that situation, be in that school where there's, again, a lot of love, a lot of purpose for being there and, uh, and really just just making a difference. Absolutely. And before you go, Gene, I know Annette was saying again, as we talk a couple weeks prior to getting down to the, I got to get down and recharge my battery. They have no idea. And I agree 100 percent, Bert, that what they do for us. And I remember Dr. Holmes, he didn't. It wasn't so much that, and everybody, not everybody will become fire chiefs like the three of us did. But if you move from firefighter to engineer, Dr. Holmes was so happy for mm. them. Even those who didn't move in rank, but they were doing things to, to move along the goals and objectives of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, whether the BCOC, the Black Chief Officers, or EDI, because we're all about community. And one thing I believe, and this is what we got, and I don't mind putting it out in the open airways so we can get prayer about it. We got to make sure that we bring in good, solid instructors who are about service, not about self. And the same thing with our board of directors, because we got to maintain control of this forever. Gene. Um, well, I think Bert touched on it so well. One of the things I see in you, David, mm-hmm. as, a, as a long time, I met David when I was about 26, and I happen to be a little older than that now, um, <laughs> over 30-some, over 35 years I've known David, uh, is the passion for the community, uh, passion for other people. And so a lot of our instructors just have the passion. Uh, many of them are still working, take their time off, use their own vacation, and or working late, late nights, in addition to becoming fire chiefs. You just mentioned uh, Annette Holt, Mm -hmm. who is the fire commissioner for the the fourth largest city in the country, Chicago, uh, who I met here, uh, met at EDI as a lieutenant Mm -hmm. a long time ago, some odd 30 years ago. And I say it's the love for people and it's the energy you get also. Mm -hmm. Because that energy you get, you want to give it back. And so I think that's one of the passions that, when you get it from the students, sometimes they motivate you. You learn from them, and they tell you what you need to move forward. Excellent. You know, and one of our great losses, and he was always there, man. In fact, when I saw him, man, we we just embraced, and we both cried. 
Chief Gerald Simon, mm. a straight-up superstar. As Gene may recall, when he came, he he, he sat right in the front, uh, Bert. He didn't try to—he was already a fire chief, like you, I think, 38, 39 years old. But he didn't come in there like, I'm the big bad wolf. But he uh, he embraced what was going on and has been a long-time instructor. But uh, he said it was just time. And I say, man, I understand. It's a time when the body says— Make the move. In fact, when I was getting ready to retire, call Herschel Clady, call Bob Demons, call Al Nero, who you guys know, and Dr. Holmes. And the last one I called was Herschel. And all of them, well, what you talking about? You why why are you getting ready to go? I say, all each one of them told me, you will know when it's time. Your body will tell you. And then Herschel said, one time I called him when I didn't get a promotion, and Herschel told me, Get up off your knees. You're a better man. I'm looking for some sympathy, man. He said, you, you'll be a better man by just preparing yourself better and, and go for it, man. Don't sit around and snivel about it. Get busy. And, it, and that's what I did. So, again, I'm proud of you guys, man, as we get ready to uh, close it out here. Uh, closing remarks, each of you. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, we want the people to know, you know, I think about why we do what what we do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so what we try to make sure is that it's a level playing field. We want to help, uh, you know, African-American men and women come into the fire, you know, fire service mm-hmm. and uh, and promote as high as they would like to. Uh, but then just thinking about a little bit deeper, why do we do that? Right. And it's really about the community that we serve. I mean, so long ago at EDI, Part of what we talked about was making sure that the fire departments reflect the communities that they serve. Well, mm-hmm. why? You know, why is that? Because mm-hmm. that's how you can best serve the community. Right. If you don't know the community, it's very difficult to serve at the highest level possible. So, I just want you know people in the community to know that um, not only if they want a job in the fire in the fire service, uh, this career is here for you. But also for, I think, leaders throughout the community right. in any career field mm-hmm. uh, that you can make a difference in the community that you serve. And uh, and really, it's incumbent upon you to do that. So I thank you, Dave, for having me here. I'm so mm-hmm. glad that we had this opportunity. Uh, I thank Las Vegas uh, for really getting me started in this career and being such a big part of my life, the 20 mm-hmm. years here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look forward to being on the show again. Cool. Thank you. Gino. Uh, you know, Dave, sometimes I can be short and sweet to the point. And so I was just thinking about something I heard, uh, which is you got to love people to serve people. Mm-hmm. That's Tavis Smiley. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, David, I see that love in you. I've seen it from when I, when I first came here. So I want to thank you, man. Lord, it, somehow they put people in your, in, in your, in your life to, that help makes a difference. Sometimes it's for just an event. Mm-hmm. Or a short time, and sometimes it's for for a lifetime. Yeah. So my hats off to you, brother, brother Vert. Uh, it's been so fun meeting with you. Bert's just a few years younger than me, but it seems like as we get older, we get closer and closer. <laughs> and he's going to be the big brother here pretty soon. But I really appreciate him. Las Vegas, I love you. I always enjoy doing things out in the community. I look forward to continuing doing those things. And and uh, uh, I live here now after I retired, and I've always had my place here. So I look forward to giving back. Thank you, Dave. Great, and I want to just shout out Spike Jones, who we talked to yesterday because we know he's in a battle. 
So uh, pray for that brother. He's a good man. He's one of our premier instructors on assessment center process. So this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington. We'll see and talk to you next week. Thanks, gentlemen. I appreciate you guys very, very much. Very Thank proud. You, of Thank you. Sure. Thank you. All right. Oh